Good afternoon. Uh, first, I want to thank uh, so much the organizer of this conference, the EU uh, Center for Excellence and his partner of uh, the University of Michigan for convening this, uh, this meeting. Uh, for me, it provides an opportunity to travel some 20 years back uh, at the period of my professional uh, career, which has been uh, probably one of the most challenging and the most rewarding, as I was uh, the head of the National Public Health Surveillance Center in France. And indeed, I have been uh, fortunate enough to um, contribute firsthand to the creation of the first French National Se Surveillance Center, as well as to the first steps of the construction of a European system for surveillance and control of communicable disease. In my presentation, I intend to describe the rationale and the context of the main initiatives back in the early 90s in, and the early uh, 2000s that eventually led to the creation of the European Center for Disease Control, which will be one of the topics of our discussion today and tomorrow. Let me first call to some historical background regarding the onset of communicable disease control in Europe. And uh, before I tackle this uh, historical background, I want to apologize to Dr. Howard Markel for this very modest and amateur piece of history, which is only intended to give some element of an understanding on which ground surveillance and control of communicable disease have been built in Europe over the past century. In fact, uh, as you all know, uh, during a glorious uh, century, roughly the second part of the 19th century and the first part of the 20th century, Europe has been the continent of remarkable discoveries and achievements in the field of microbiology and infectious disease prevention and control. Um, I have just put few names uh, universally known as major discoverer of modern uh, microbiology. Just to remind the work uh, and pay tribute to Pasteur, to Robert Koch, to Yersin and many others. Uh, Europe was also the continent where the concept of vaccination was invented a little bit earlier than uh, in the 19th century by Jenner, then developed by Pasteur and other scientists. It was also the continent of discovery of the first uh, anti antibiotic, the penicillin. And uh, also, this is not on this slide, but I wanted to remember that um, within the 
colonies overseas, uh, many European countries became uh, acquainted with, interested, and um, has been in instrumental in making progress in the knowledge of uh, the cause and the control of tropical disease. Then came another uh, period for Europe uh, back in the 60s and 70s where, first of all, uh, the leadership in research, innovation, industrial development of uh, antimicrobials and vaccine has shifted on the other bank of the Atlantic. And, uh, North American continent had uh, taken over the discovery of the previous century in, uh, in Europe. Uh, Western European countries invested mostly in healthcare system oriented toward clinical approach of disease rather than public health. Uh, so that in the 60s and 70s, uh, many claims that it was time to close the book on communicable disease were prominent in Europe. There was some sense of mission accomplished and uh, uh, one, everyone knows that it is uh, some, uh, an assertion that should be uh, manipulated with a lot of caution. Then, in the 1980s, several harsh wake-up calls came to remind that the fight, against the fight against microbial world was far from being over, and scientists, health professionals, and political leaders were confronted to major public health crises linked to emerging or re-emerging communicable disease threats and challenges. Uh, I want just to mention, because it was a very painful um, public health, uh, human and political crisis in France, um, the story of the emergence of HIV and um, the political scandal of uh, contaminated blood. Um, with HIV and later on with hepatitis C, which was uh, a real shock in France in the, uh, as far as um, control, surveillance and control of emerging infectious disease is concerned. It was also in the 80s, a time where uh, clinicians and um, public health uh, responsible realized that uh, antimicrobial resistance was a growing problem, and especially uh, in, uh, in the world of uh, hospital-acquired infection. Uh, due to the expansion of uh, and global distribution and industrial uh, manufacturing of foodstuff, 
uh, Europe was uh, faced uh, with international football infection outbreaks. And then last but not least, uh, there was uh, emergence of the crisis of the mad cow disease and his uh, human version, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, that uh, also uh, acted as a very strong wake-up call. Now, following this crisis, the, the awareness of the need for a public health approach of prevention and control of communicable disease on an international scale became obvious in Europe. However, this change of paradigm had to face many tough challenges. Indeed, more than 30 years after its creation, European community had never had responsibility in public health matter. And uh, we had, Europe had to wait until 1992 for including this specific responsibility for public health in the Treaty of Maastricht, which provided a ba basis for communicable disease control in Europe. Therefore, until the early 90s, response to communicable disease threat was traditionally considered as a national responsibility in Europe. Moreover, European countries, with few exceptions, such as the United Kingdom, European countries were faced with a deficit of capacity in field epidemiology, and one could evidence great disparities in the level of expertise and infrastructure in this area among EU member states. Following this major public health crisis, and with the perspective of formal implementation of this new public health opportunity at the European community level, some European countries engaged in building or strengthening national communicable disease surveillance centers, aiming at providing early detection, epidemiologic and laboratory investigation capacity of communicable disease threat, and evaluation to, of response to public health emergencies. Uh, this was uh, the case for the UK with the Communicable Disease Surveillance Center, the Netherlands with the Rijks Institute in Beethoven, France with the development of the National Public Health Surveillance Center, Germany, Spain, Italy. And very soon this national center felt the need and the Euro European Commission realized the added value of supranational surveillance activity. This led to the development of disease-specific surveillance networks bring, bringing together microbiologists and epidemiologists. Some of these networks are mentioned on, on this slide, like uh, the European Surveillance for HIV-AIDS, and the European Surveillance for Tuberculosis, which, was, which were at the beginning an initiative of the, the, regional, the European Regional Office of WHO. Uh, then came um, 
uh, European Network for uh, Legionnaire Disease Infection, UGLI, uh, and uh, also uh, network for uh, foodborne disease such as salmon salmonellosis infection with salnet and the European uh, surveillance system for anti-microbiologic microbial uh, resistance. At the same time, an informal group, some kind of task force, which brought together heads of National Surveillance Center, was created in 1994. And this group convened periodically to exchange and share experience. The group proposed also to act as an advisory group to the European Commission DG5, Public Health Unit, and consequently, consequently was partially funded by this unit. The charter group started to develop a framework for communicable disease surveillance in the European community based on networks and centers as coordinating nodes. Among the first, first action of this group was to conduct a priority exercise and to reach consensus on priorities for supranational surveillance activity in Europe. The Charter Group also created an updated, uh, created an, updated an, an inventory of expertise and facility which could support communicable disease surveillance in the, Europe, in the European community. Subsequently, the Charter Group initiated the structuring of federative instruments to support surveillance activities, including a printed and electronic surveillance built-in, Euro surveillance, and a high-level training program in field epidemiology, EPIET, inspired by the US CDC EIS program. This European training program aimed at producing a cadre of senior epidemiologists sharing common epidemiological method and language <coughs> and able to undertake outbreak investigation or manage surveillance network at European level. Moreover, the pers personal and technical bonds developed within the Charter Group facilitated cooperation between national centers on the occasion of multi-country outbreak investigation. Then, in the late 90s and early 2000s, a series of global emergency public health events acted as main catalyzers to transforming national center initiatives and charter group input into European community formal policies and structure. More specifically, in 1997, the occurrence of the H5N1 flu outbreak in Hong Kong with the threat of, of expansion to a pandemic level led to a decision of the Parliament, European Parliament and the European Council to create a network for the coordination of surveillance and control 
of communicable disease in the European community. Then, in 2001, the cr criminal spread of anthrax and the shock of 9-11 led to the creation of a coordinating body, the Network Committee. And more recently, the emergence of SARS was the opportunity to complete and strengthen the system of surveillance at the EC level with the creation of the European, European Center of for prevention and disease control. In summary, a bottom-up approach based on disease-specific networks initiated by national surveillance centers has led over the past 20 years to the development of a framework for communicable disease surveillance and control in the European community including a new coordinating body, the ECDC. However, major challenges remain to structure a sustainable, efficient response mechanism to communicable disease threat at the EC level. First, heterogeneous patchwork of national surveillance system remains among EU member states and disparities in rate of notification, quality of data, and lab capacity are still hampering a European response to communicable disease threat. Second, it remains a lack of political will to coordinate response at the European community level. Control of communicable disease remained a national responsibility, and we have we could um, take uh, an example of this uh, situation with the last uh, uh, in H1N1 flu outbreak where uh, the decision of a common approach to prevent and control uh, this um, Emergent, public health emergency was far from uh, adequate at the European level. And consequently, surveillance activities are very often disconnected from action. I think this is, maybe we will have an opportunity to discuss that further this afternoon and tomorrow. This is one of the drawbacks of the ECDC to to be uh, disconnected from the decision uh, centers. Third, the extension of European community borders induce multiplication of sub-regional surveillance activities and systems such as EPSAUS, uh, which is a surveillance system that had been put in place and is shared by the European and the uh, other uh, country uh, on the banks of the Med Mediterranean Sea, or EPINORS, which is a system uh, that um, uh, has been uh, developed by the Nordic and Baltic countries. Therefore, the multiplicity of this sub-regional surveillance system make uh, 
make it more complex to achieve a um, global European uh, coordination of uh, communicable disease control at the European community level. And lastly, the development of global health threats and global health initiatives surely require uh, coordination uh, between the European initiative and uh, global initiative in the area of surveillance and control of communicable disease. Mechanism of coordination, for instance, with WHO. And I want just to um, finish this presentation is uh, stating that uh, although there has been uh, remarkable pro progress in the uh, surveillance, structuring of surveillance and control of communicable disease at EC level in the past 15, 20 years, we still had a long way to go to build an efficient capacity of surveillance and response to communicable disease public health threat in Europe. I'm sure we will deal with this question and challenge uh, more in depth in the next few hours, but uh, for now, it's time for me to pass to Bernard Merkel from the EU delegation in Washington for the next episode of this European saga. Thank you very much for your attention.